Welcome to Daddy vs. Doctor. Here are your hosts, pediatrician Dr. Scott Cohen and comedian Sebastian Maniscalco. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Daddy vs. Doctor show. My name is Sebastian Maniscalco alongside Dr. Dr. Scott Cohen. Scott Cohen today uh, on an amazing show. We talked to singer-songwriter Caitlin Smith. Amazing. We talk about something called smegma. Not with Caitlin Smith. That Not was a Caitlin separate, separate issue. Together. Yep. Smegma. We're going to find out what that is. Yeah. And we're talking fat kids today. The Not obesity fat. epidemic. And we have snacks. Join us for snacks. Fat kids mm. today. Daddy vs. Doctor. We're going to jump right into the bag. All right. Uh, another segment of the bag. Uh, mail just pouring in. To the daddy we still the color coordinated today. That looks nice. Oh, not, nice. not really, but all right. <laughs> the mailbag. Ty and Shauna are from Las Vegas, Nevada. We have an eight-year-old daughter who is a bit of a chunk. We feed her well, but she really doesn't like exercise. We are both big boned and are trying to teach her this is normal, but curious your advice on how we can encourage body positivity while also trying to help her get active. So there's a question that I am struggling with myself. Okay. Um, going through a phase right now with my kids in regards to the quantity of food that they are knocking down each meal mm -hmm. seems to be very uh, sparse. Okay. And like, for example, I had a half a bagel I made for Serafina yeah. with cream cheese and lox. Is that enough? What's enough? I know. There, there's not an answer because at that age group and the toddler age group, yeah, it feels like they live off, you know, sunlight and air. Yeah. You know, I, I joke after a year, kids' diets, even the best eaters often turn into dairy, carbs, and fruit because that's what they like. And vegetables go away for a really long time. And sometimes proteins that we think of as proteins like eggs and fish and meat, the textures are weird to kids, so they like their staples. Um, and – they don't eat a lot for two reasons. One, developmentally, they'd rather do anything but sit still, right? It's like two bites and run, and I yeah. see somebody else play, and I want to play. Yeah. Also, physiologically, it just doesn't take as much to grow. You know, that first year, you know, we look at growth curves. The first year of growth is like this, and then it sort of plateaus. And from two to six, it's almost a flat line. And that's the age group you always hear parents say, my child eats nothing. And when you come to me, I look at the growth curve, and I'm like, oh, they're growing great. So in general, we don't want to make a big deal of it, but I think – Teaching healthy eating habits early on is really important. So you make three or four things. You hope they're eating part of one of it. You know, as a parent, you're always offering something you know your child eats. My daughter probably had mac and cheese four nights a week because her and my wife loved it. But don't be afraid if it's not on the menu, then it's not. We just had this at your house the other day with Caruso. You know, you made the three or four things. One of them was the green pasta. And initially, he was upset. He was like, I'm not eating any of it. He walked away, gave it time. He got hungry, came back and ate it. Mm. Um, and kids usually will eat what they need to survive. Nobody's going to, no healthy child's going to starve themselves. I'm not, I know they're not going to starve, but my worry is they don't eat the stuff that's quote unquote good. Right. And they're living off of snack. Well, that's the problem. All right. So, I'm trying to minimize snack and give them food that is somewhat nourishing and healthy. Like I'm, you know, I'll make steak for myself the next night. I'll have some leftover. I'll have steak and broccoli right. for them. 
Uh, I just want to stay away from these like kind of sugar based. I agree. Snacks. Uh, and I read something online, and I don't know if this is true. It said that you have to introduce a food 15 times to a kid in order for them to, you know, you give them broccoli. No, I don't like broccoli. Right. Give them broccoli again. No, I don't like broccoli. You have to do that 15 times in order for them to, like, start to Well, eat. we talk about this when we introduce solid foods, like the four- and six-month-olds and above. We say it probably takes eight to 12 times before your child even knows what they like. So the food they hated last week, they may love this week and vice versa. So I think trying it over and over again, preparing things differently, variety, and to your point, and sort of what, you know, from the mailbag, body positivity is so important and making them feel good about themselves – but knowing that like if we skip lunch, then we can't go to the pantry an hour later and get the goldfish and the chips because that's not healthy. Then th you're not doing a service to your child. You want them to eat something you want them to have before they get that snack. And we're not saying no snacks, but do it in the, the appropriate time. Yeah. You know, some people set up rules like we would do one dessert a day so that if our daughter asked for dessert after dinner, it wasn't a punishment saying no, because we don't want to create you don't want to create issues over food. You can and you can't. It was more like, oh. Remember, we had it at lunch. We had our one for the day. Why don't we choose something else? Let's do like some fruit or something like that. So if you create sort of rules and limits that aren't punishments because we don't want to create issues over food. And then the final thing I would say is that, you know, a lot of kids, you know, weight and height fluctuate in the beginning. And then what happens is with puberty, the height escalates. You know, you usually grow about two inches a year and then puberty for a couple of years, you double up. And weight actually sort of levels off too, and then weight increases. But your height gain over that time is more than weight. So that's your chance. If you're eating healthy, you're exercising, you're sleeping well, that's when a lot of people lose some of their baby fat because their height gain has increased. Uh, you know, you mentioned body positivity over the last three uh, episodes, and I'm wondering what that actually means. Yeah. Does it mean that if you look in the mirror – and you're a tank, right? But you're positive about it that that's okay. I, I that's I'm, a good point. I'm, yeah, I'm confused now because over the last five years, people who are overweight seem to be glorified now that this is some type of like, oh, if you're if you're overweight, embrace it. And I'm looking at it going, no, if you're overweight. That's hypertension and a possibility for you to yeah. die at a young age. So yeah. what? No, what? I mean, I agree. I think it's it's good that you feel good about yourself, however you look. But at the same time, there are health risks yeah. with that. And then those should be talked about. And then you should try to decrease those health risks, right? So you can feel good about yourself. But still, yes, if there's risk, you should do something about it. My theory yeah. is if you're overweight, right, and and there was no health risks, then fine, yeah. right? But when health risks are associated with obesity right. and being, quote, unquote, fat. Right. But with an eight-year-old, we wouldn't want to say, oh, you're fat. It's more about teaching healthy eating habits because it's not as much about like diet and losing weight. It's more healthy eating habits because we're teaching with kids. We're teaching skills that hopefully will stay with them for life. And then as they grow, everything evens out. And, but, but doing the right things, if you're overweight at any age, 
hallmark the eating healthy and the exercise so we're heading in the right direction not ignoring it i agree we don't just ignore it well but we don't want to body shame either no but i'm guaranteeing well in my somebody else's in my opinion this kid who's a chunk could be eating a high processed Mm -hmm. diet with a ton of sugar. If there are things to fix, you should fix it. Yeah. And fast food. I mean, right. it's like, you know, you don't get fat from just, you know, yeah. eating seeds. Fat. Avoid the fast food. Avoid so, I, uh, I mean, I wish my kids would gain a little bit more weight right. just to kind of fill out a little bit. Not to, not, not to, you know, be overly, you know, like you see some of these kids walking around and they're like right. total meatballs. And how do you, how do you address this? in the office yeah if the kid is overweight i mean no but a lot of it is family changes it's in the house to be honest with you because if they're eating poorly usually they're not the only ones in the house eating poorly and it's not fair to say oh we're all gonna eat this crap but you're not allowed to so sometimes you have to change a whole household so what you're saying and 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 again you 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 speak extremely diplomatically Mm -hmm. You're very PC in the way you speak. Again, I come over and I hit you, you right in the you mouth. Put, yeah, you hit me right in the mouth. Yes. Are you saying you're just seeing a lot of if if it's like a fat family? I'm saying habits often are in the entire household. Yes, in the family. So a lot of times, like they said, she said we're all sort of bigger boned. But what is so, that bigger bone? I mean, come on. No, but that's what they said. So, <laughs> bigger right? bone so is, but so sometimes curbing some lifestyle changes in one person <laughs> means curbing a lot because it makes it more helpful for the child. It's hard for them to mimic behaviors that they're not seeing. There's a huge problem in this country yeah. with that we don't call it out like you do. With with eating. Yeah. 100%. And people people are people are eating in abundance. Yeah. And it's it shows specifically at Disneyland. So if you if you want to get if you want to get a kind of a microcosm of what's going on with yeah. the United States, go spend uh, uh, 2 hours at Disneyland yeah. and you could see what's happening with uh no, it's hard. We used to see this in the hospital when I worked at Children's Hospital Los Angeles and a child that was morbidly obese and would say, we don't know how that's happening. It must be something metabolic, something wrong with their thyroid. And they're literally saying that to you. And right next to them is a extra large McDonald's Coke. Okay. And it's right there. We might get some flack on this conversation because I recently saw, I believe it was 60 Minutes, that they said that uh, it's like a disease. It's a big issue. It's like a, obesity is like a disease uh-huh. where the person cannot stop eating and they need medication to combat this urge. Again, I don't really, this is, this is the problem with me. I go on strictly feelings, mm-hmm. no data. Okay, it's just, just yeah. if I'm overweight, I go, I got to, I got to fix it by, I know I am overweight. The wine, the pasta, the pizza. It's hard to, hard to make. It's hard to do anything. It's hard to do anything. It's hard. That's what I'm saying. It's much easier to eat foods that taste good and are not good for you. Okay. And this is why over half of America is this way. Okay. So So that's what I'm saying. Is it, is it. Like right now you look in there, you see why your head looks bigger than mine. You're going to go home and you're probably going to fast for three days. I'm busted out of the jacket (laughs) and you seem to be fitting 
beautifully into your nice sweater. What I'm saying is I ain't blaming this on a disease. I got to fix it. Stop eating. That's it. And go work out. That's that's it. That's it. That's the key. Sorry. I, if you're dealing with this at home, I'm sorry that you can't stop eating and you might have a problem. But I'm saying you don't. How are you doing? Oh, we're good. Uh, welcome to Daddy versus Doctor. Uh, this is Doctor Cohen. My name is Sebastian Maniscalco, and uh, thanks for being on the show. Who do you have with you? Uh, this is Baby Jack. Cute. How old is he? Uh, just a few days shy of ten months old. Oh, nice. Yeah. And you guys are both in the octagon together, huh? We are. Well, technically, it's the dogs, but um, when we have a Zoom call, we, we all come in. So. <laughs> <laughs> so what's your what's your question for Dr. Cohen today? What's going on over there? So first of all, thank you for taking our call. And my question is, um, so baby is uncircumcised. And we've just gotten a lot of different advice from different doctors about how to um, clean his penis. Some say... Um, you know, don't retract anything. He'll figure that out when he's 12. And others say, you know, you can retract it now every day, you know, clean, clean it there. And so we kind of took the middle road and we clean it. Um, we gently peel back the foreskin and we've been cleaning it a few times a week. Um, but then, and so that was all fine. And then one day we noticed there was um, like some white substance on the head of his penis. Um, it didn't seem to be bothering him, some of it came up very easily just with um, like a washcloth. But then when I retracted some more of the skin, there was some more white stuff and it was harder to get off. And I assume the skin there is very delicate. I don't want to be like scraping and um, scrubbing super hard. So I wasn't quite sure what to do with that. And on the internet it basically says that doesn't happen to babies. So it did happen to him though. So I'm just wondering um, what your advice is for carrying and cleaning um, an uncircumcised baby penis. Yeah, the internet is always wrong when it comes to <laughs> pediatrics and kids. It always gives you the most anxiety-producing answer, right? Like something's wrong with your child. And it's it's what you're describing actually is very, very normal. Do you know what's going on? Uh, based on her description yeah. is there is, uh, I don't know what the, the white stuff is. Yeah. I, um, I no, I don't know what the fuck's going on. <laughs> the, the penis naturally secretes discharge called smegma, and it's that white discharge because the the penis is a gland. And what happens is in an uncircumcised penis, I would try to do like visuals with my hands. So the, the the foreskin is over on top, and the smegma is in between the foreskin and the head of the penis. So basically, when you retract, I mean this is crazy. When you retracted the foreskin, and you you're right. What we say is just during baths, gently pull back to where it comes naturally. Knowing that in a 10-month-old, it may not come back at all. And it is totally normal. Foreskin doesn't retract for years and years and years and years. But if it does come back, you go to gently retract it till where it stops and you clean the area because the white stuff or smegma can build up and it acts like glue so that the foreskin down the road can't fully pull back. So that's what happened. When you pulled it back, you released some of the discharge. You gently clean. It's totally normal. 
animal, always make sure whatever you retract, you put back up over the head so it doesn't get stuck down because that can act like a tourniquet effect. Um, and then you clean as needed, but totally normal. You did the right thing, gentle retraction, cleaning, and it shouldn't cause any issue. But that's why we retract because you don't want it to build up because eventually if it builds up so much, when you need it to retract, it won't pull back. And then that can cause issues down the road. Oh man, that's, so much penis that's stuff. A, that's a lot going on. Now, with with circumcision and not ah. why it, I I listen. My father, yeah, isn't circumcised, right? And I think Does that he want everybody to know that. It's it's, it's a, but he's a, he was European. He still is, but I mean, it's, it, it, I think <laughs> he that, laughed. Uh, yeah, he knows. Uh, <laughs> and a lot of Europeans, yeah. That just wasn't what what they did. Now, is it? What is it? What's the, what's the choice to have uh, no circumcision? Is that just? What, 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 I don't know why yeah. one gets it, one doesn't. Yeah. What, what's the reasoning? We just we researched the pros and cons, and we didn't see any convincing reason to do it. So mm -hmm. we figured just let it be. Yeah, I, I think I think the biggest thing is it should be a personal preference. Obviously, the studies of circumcision versus non-circumcision are a little bit six of one, half dozen of the other. And we've gone through some phases way back when we were recommending circumcisions for everybody medically. Then we said it's really up to the parents. It's always been up to the parents. Now they're swaying toward, oh, there's some positives. But what it is is circumcision decreases your risk of um, urinary tract infections, but urinary tract infections are less common in boys and easily treatable. So it's positive, but a little bit of wash. Circumcision decreases your risk of penile cancer, but penile cancer is extremely rare. It decreases your risk of some sexually transmitted diseases like HIV, but not others. And your chance of needing a revision, meaning a circumcision needing to be fixed or a uncircumcised penis needing to get the circumcision are about the same. So I think, again, it really should be a personal preference. A lot of it comes down to like, what is dad, right? Son look like dad. Um, cultural changes definitely yeah. fit into circumcised or not. And what I tell parents is whatever you choose, we're going to tell you how to take care of it. And this is how you're taking care of it. Beautiful. A kid looks like he's healthy. He's active. And uh, maybe we should get one of those giraffes as a toy uh, review. Yeah, the giraffe. Can you imagine being in the pitch meeting for that? And they're like, we're just going to do the giraffe. And that became like the worldwide. That's the worldwide summer. toy for, for kids. Yeah. Well, listen, uh, thanks for calling in. We do appreciate you sharing your story with us here on Daddy versus Doctor. And uh, we wish you both the best. What a doll. Thank you so much. Thank you for having us. Bye, you guys. It. You got it. We hear that a lot, Googling medical yeah, things. Googling. And this is what always happens. It always makes you feel bad and that there's something seriously wrong with your child, which is frustrating. Oh, I want to I hit what everybody in the room is thinking. Yeah. Um, Smegma. Uh, aesthetic, aesthetically. Uh -huh. Aesthetically. Yeah. This kid's going to grow up. Uh -huh. right? He's going to go to his parents going, what the hell is this? <laughs> eh? Yeah. It just don't look. It looks bad enough, right? Eh? Uh -huh. But with that shit hanging over and the thing, you're going to look for it and whatever. You're going to pull it back. Do you think it, when when people are finally there, anybody's judging based on that? Listen, are people getting turned away because of it? I mean, I don't know. I'm posing the no, question. No, but I, listen, it, 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 in, in the preliminary stages of sex, right? Uh -huh. And the girl goes down. 
and that's what she sees. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> I don't know. Just, I'm, I'm, I'm circumcised. Just saying, I'm just saying, if you if you took a poll out of 10, 10, girl, uh-huh. 10 girls and, and they would have their preference, I would think all 10 would say, I'd like a circumcised penis. It's it's no. good that your reviews are not biased in any way, shape, or form. If I was uncircumcised, I would be going, what the right. fuck were they thinking? You're when- saying if you were dating somebody with a penis, then you would prefer an uncircumcised It would be penis. a deal breaker for me. Yeah. Fair enough. That's all I'm saying. And I, I apologize to anybody in the room who's who's got the foreskin hanging off their uh, thong. But, uh, <laughs> so smegma. Okay? Yeah. I, uh, You've had... White stuff discharge coming out of the male penis. When does that stop? Why do you have white stuff coming out of your penis? What's that? No, we're talking about something totally different. Well, you st- no, because what we're talking about is discharge. It's really in between the layers. If discharge is coming out of like the urethra, the hole of the penis, that's something totally different that you should look into. Well, well smegma is coming out. It's 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 in between the layers of the skin. It's not coming out of the hole. Not coming out. Oh, of, I thought so it was you know, dripping no, out that's of the hole. If white stuff's coming out of the hole, you got to be tested for something. Oh, and your wife's gonna be very upset with you because she didn't give it to you. You know, you, you know. And, and not, sorry to get personal, but that's why people are paying for this. When I was a kid, yeah, I had um, I think I had smegma, yeah, but I was older. I, I was like older, like I was like ten, eleven. I had some white shit around the ring. I think that this is, this is what I want out of our website when people go to our website, that when they finally, instead of Googling things, come to our website, we'll populate it with good information other than what we're talking about, but like good medical information so they feel comfortable knowing that they're getting good information. Wait a minute. I, I'm talking about- I know, you're talking, talking about your about penis, my, and I diverted yeah, to like I, I was getting into my web, own smegma, website, that's, and you went. We have great information. I, I daddy versus that. Oh, I just <laughs> I'm not gonna be able to get that out of my head. Well, I, so you know long. what? This is and what this is what I bring. You, I don't have an education or I have an this whole of talk. Knowledge. You thought this whole that whole talk. You thought the ten month old was spewing white stuff out of the the penis hole. Okay. The urethra hole. Did anybody Honestly, else is think that? What that? You thought? Did anybody else think that? No. Nobody else. No, nobody. That, nobody in the room thought smegma was coming out of the no. hole. You know, you know how the circum, you know how the uncircumcised penis, you know how the foreskin pulls back, right? Pulls like, back, like, like, like a banana yeah, peel. Like a, yeah. Right. So between the banana peel and the banana, there's the white. Okay. Stuff. I, I thought it was coming out of the. I know penis you did, and, and it was hitting. It and it but was it's good because you're hitting a segment of the population that just didn't understand. And that Believe me, uh, the people that are watching out there, maybe the people in the room are not a, a good cross-section of who we're hitting at home. Right. But I'm guaranteeing you people out there thought yeah. it was a discharge. Uh, please add in comments if you thought discharge was coming out of the hole or you're the Aretha, the penis, or Sebastian was the only one. Who would have think it was coming out of the actual skin? It's coming out of the skin. In between, yeah. Okay. I go. I, I go. If there's a leak, it's coming out of a hole, not the wall. Okay, I get it. I get it. I get it. So you know, this podcast has been out now, whatever, three months, and sometimes, you know, I talk to people and and and, and what have you. Um, we were recently at a hotel. There was a bidet there. I don't use them. I uh, I just think there's a lot of. So it's more of a problem than anything else. Do you use these? No, I have this 
feeling like how is that the bowl and the spout the water coming out clean like somebody else has used it yeah that's the biggest that's in my head like Like, i can't take out of my head that someone before yeah was doing and then what i gotta get but i I, I have friends who can't go anywhere if there isn't one like that's their thing i like the wipes though that's that's a different topic well i think the wipes although the the wipes apparently are not good for your plumbing it hasn't happened yet i'm using them until my plumbing gets caught we had a plumbing issue with the yeah. with the wipes and they do get caught they say it's flushable was it the downstairs bathroom i was in that one uh might have been yeah I'm so sorry about that. um but we had a big problem uh, plumbing issue with with the wipes when do you stop wiping your kids behind that's a good question. I mean, usually through preschool, even like the teachers are taking them and helping them. Because uh-huh. even if they're doing it, they're not doing it yeah, well. I know. That's the issue. I, I mean, there's always something in there. I mean, when I'm examining kids and that, even, you know, definitely. Because when are people leaving diapers, right? And potty training, diapers are, you know, girls are usually a little faster, like two, two and a half. Boys are somewhere between two and a half in college. And the diapers go and then they're trying to wipe themselves three, four, five. And it's still, there's a lot of mess. Mm-hmm. So helping them out. Yeah, because, I mean, uh, Caruso's still in diapers. Obviously, Serafina is five and a half going on six in April. And she can every, do it though, right? She can, but again, like it's not thorough, right? It's not like not to your inspection, yeah, yeah. Um, and my question is if it's not thoroughly clean, yeah, is there a problem with infection down the road as far as or more like rashes, rash. like they get the red, bumpy rash, like diaper rashes? That's why babies get diaper rashes. The contact of the pee or the poop on the skin leads to the the red skin okay so that's usually what it is they get rashy they get itchy kids constantly itch in their butt so yeah and then that can add to other skin infections if they're breaking skin and things like that now, i grew up with yeah. a baby powder okay right? yeah baby powder it was often applied uh, from my mother and father yeah. after they wiped my ass I'd yeah they did powder. like the lebron james yeah like that yeah is there a problem with using baby powder on your asshole so we got rid of talcum powder because what they found is talcum powder gets in the air and they're very fine particles and it gets in your lungs and can be dangerous. So you can't mm-hmm. buy talcum powder anymore. Okay. But other types are fine, the heavier ones. Um, I personally like creams better because I think the whole idea and what prevents a lot of these rashes is the barrier. You're creating a barrier. So usually nowadays we're usually mainly creams. Creams. Yeah. Okay. Because I use baby powder for myself well into my, I want to say late teens. Yeah. Well, you were an athlete, so you were. Well, not even for that. I used to do it as part of my night prep before I went out, right? Hmm. So I would get out of the shower and I would do a full-blown baby powder down there. How do you... You do know, you to, is you just squeeze and the puff goes there? What do you do? You smack it on. Just a shake right on it. That's what you do? And then I What just, about the other side? The other side, you puff it? Because uh, I know this is all new to me. Not really. Not really. I'm going to do the other side. I would just like freshen that oh, area up just in case. Were you a sweaty guy? No, just in case, oh. you know. Hmm. It was fresh down there. We have singer-songwriter Kate. Lynn Smith with us uh, today. Uh, absolutely came across um, your performance on Jimmy Fallon. Contact High, I believe you sang. Love the song. Yeah. 
and uh, and just kind of fascinated with. And before we get into the parenting thing, I just want to talk a little bit about your career. Would you rather perform a song or do you get more satisfaction out of someone singing the words you wrote? Man, um, I mean, both experiences are wild uh, and amazing, but... Um, if I just had to pick one, I mean, being able to sing the words that I wrote and look at somebody in the eye and know that it's connecting with them and touching them, like that's an experience that's like beyond. So yeah. I would pick that. Did you come up with that question on your own? <laughs> you know, I that do. That was a really good question. I do my research. That was a great that question. It was. I was like, wow, where did that come from? Uh, we got a writer? We, we don't make enough money. Listen, I, yeah. I'm more than a comedian. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm like the... I'm like the male Barbara Walters, to be honest with you. <laughs> um, also, uh, we understand that your husband is in the band, right? That is correct. Okay. Wow. <laughs> How does that work? Because I know if my wife was in a band and I was singing and she was behind me, are there moments where you go, pick it up or or... Is there any type of uh, conflict within uh, uh, a marriage when you're working together in a band? Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> we, we pay a lot of money to a really great therapist that helps keep the band together, <laughs> keep the family together. Um, no, I mean, in all honesty, because we, we do so much together, we parent together, on the road together. I mean, it is a lot of togetherness. And so it's just been years of trial and error of like, oh, why are you so crabby? Oh, because you need space. And like learning to communicate, learning to over communicate things. I mean, uh, I mean, we're, we're still learning how to do it. But yeah, there's tension. But you know, he gets to stare at my good side. So. Oh, yeah. Well, hey, I like that <laughs> confidence. <laughs> so you're in this band you have a family um is music important to the kids do do you are you hopeful that they maybe pick up an instrument maybe uh, sing with you uh is there music always playing in the house how i i, I didn't really yeah. grow up with a musical family so uh i'm ignorant to the fact of like how how uh, musicians kind of maybe open their kids eyes to music yeah totally i mean i grew up my 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 mom was like worked at a school and my dad was a police officer so really far from music but they love music so i grew up with it always on and then at our house you know our kids are constantly like we'll be rehearsing we'll be we'll be cutting demos like in our office and they'll they'll be listening you know or writing songs and so they're constantly listening to me and my husband creating and they love it they love music they love they and you know i'll we kind of leave our music room and instruments open for them they know they've got to be gentle but like whenever they want to try something like cool go for it and so um you know they love and are drawn to like all the disney music which is always like Alexa play all of the Disney music. Yes. And so how how I really wish we could be listening to like Beatles and Paul Simon all the time. 
Um, we're not. We're listening to, um, you know, the Bruno song like 4,000 times <laughs> and Baby Shark. Um, but they love music. And I just we just want to cultivate that but not push it. But I think, I mean, I think they're probably doomed for at least some taste of music in their future, whether they're in a band together or not. I don't know. <laughs> but that, that's great that they love it. Cause like in our house, we're both doctors and my girls like want nothing to do with medicine science. They're like, Oh no, get away <laughs> from that. And you realize this question came from Sebastian because you know, you know what his dream is, right? His dream is to walk up to a piano, sit down, play some Beethoven concerto and people just crowd around and give him accolades. This is his dream. So you're, you're, you're living his dream. That's amazing. Yeah. I, I, would, I just believe that um, music, if you're playing an instrument, and I wish I kept with piano. I only took piano for a year and a half, and my mother was, stay with it. You're going to regret it when you go grow older and you don't know how to play. And, and, and now as a parent, seeing my kids play the piano, I have the same, stick with it. It's, you know, it's, it's going to- Totally. So did did you have like a did you just fall in love with music right from the get go or was was your parents telling you stick with it or is this something that came very natural to you? I mean, it was something that I just in, I I loved instantly, and so um, every my mom would sit down and play show tunes and country songs on the piano, and we would sing together for fun. Or my dad would pick up his guitar and he would play, and we'd jam on Eagles songs, and so like my parents loved it and so i i loved it um and i know piano lessons can be such a drag because you're learning music that you don't care about but i think like i was blessed with having good piano teachers that saw that and then was able to be like okay learn this song but then also like make up a song this week and give me some freedom to like want to keep going and so like i definitely you know like wanted to keep going but piano lessons can totally suck if you've got a teacher that's like not nice it makes you hate it <laughs> well, that, that's, that's what i was going to ask you was there a time where you were just wanted to quit but your parents realized you were so talented and wanted to continue because i know like my girls play the violin and viola and they are very talented in it but they'd rather be out with their friends and doing other things <laughs> and it's i was told as a parent i'm allowed to force them to do one thing supposedly without harming them psychologically. Oh, yeah. So, so we really <laughs> push them to continue because it is something that we know they're very good at. And, and when they eventually do it, they, they do enjoy it, but they give us a lot of slack. Was the, was there ever that point for you or it was just good all the time? I mean, I think it was, I think my parents weren't so pushy. It wasn't good all the time. My parents weren't so pushy. I think they just let natural consequences happen. So if I didn't practice, mm. I have a very vivid memory of like, I had like a gig as like a nine year old and I was supposed to learn this Christmas song and I didn't practice. And my parents weren't, they kind of reminded me, but weren't intense about it. But I, it got to the day where like, I was supposed to sing my song and I didn't know it at all. And I like, it's basically, I just, I Wow. This is really good. As a nine-year-old, <laughs> it was like I remember that feeling of like, "Ooh, wow, okay." And the silent car ride home, <laughs> and so like that natural consequence at a young age was like, okay, like. And my dad just kindly was like, "If you want to do it, then do it. But if you don't, like, I don't 
he was kind of like, I don't want to see that again. <laughs> I mean, I think that's that's like, fabulous. Not like a, in a kind way of like, that's su- that sucks for y- worse for you, but it was really hard to watch. Right, but it's a good so life lesson. If you don't practice and you show up to your recital, you're not going to do a great job. I don't know. So, but, but I think it's really hard for parents to do that because I know like sometimes we do things because we don't want to look bad. So like making your child totally. do it to look good makes you look good as a parent. Yeah. Whereas learning yes. that tough lesson, what your dad did was probably actually very hard on him because he looks bad. Why isn't my kid prepared and a lifelong lesson, sure. which I find that's very impressive. Yeah, it's a, it's a different approach. You yeah. know, you embarrassed the hell out of me. So <laughs> no, I mean, I, I wouldn't go there. No, I mean that, that's yeah, yeah, basically yeah. she went through. It's like yeah. the, the the father was like, "I don't want to, I don't want to watch that again." Uh, either straight up or it's intense. Um, it so, is intense. <laughs> so you have two sons and you tour. Do do you take your kids with you? How do you manage like a full tour? I know when I go on tour, I prefer not to have my kids along just because i mean shipping kids that young to- shipping well <laughs> shipping yeah I because mean, they're just things yeah. <laughs> the, logistically your kids tra- riding crates or <laughs> yes they do under the plane <laughs> we I give mean- them some animal crackers it's fine it's good <laughs> Maybe shipping wasn't the best word. I'm just mad. Not, <laughs> I know. Logistically, sp- but no, I get, it. I get it. I mean, when you're on the road and they're they're there, that's it's chaos. Yeah, it's hard to focus on your job. But I thrive in chaos. I don't know. No, I mean, I think because we're on the road, we're on the road so much, and it's both of us that go out at one time. We take them when it makes sense. So it's not. Sometimes it's a whole tour. If the routing is easy, they can just hop in the Sprinter van, hop on the bus, whatever it is. Like we'll bring them if it makes sense. But if it's like super expensive, like flights, or it just is like grueling travel, uh, we we try to avoid it. This year, on our uh, on our headline tour, we did the West Coast and. Um, I was like, let's make some adventure of it because the drives are long. You know, you're doing like one day we did a nine hour drive Oof. to get to the gig. And then and so I I rented an RV and we piled the kids in the RV and we just made this adventure of it. And um, and to be honest, like that's my best case scenario, because here we are. We're out on the road. We're playing our music and we're getting to create memories with our kids. And so, um, man, if we can keep doing that cool yeah but i do also like a nice weekend on the road where mommy can drink a little extra and not have to worry (laughs) who drove the rv my husband drove a lot of it and and then our tour manager i'm impressed could you drive an rv (laughs) i don't think so Um, (laughs) no i i have a hard time it was amazing (laughs) um so as as a as a mother and as a parent what what do you see as like your biggest challenges uh, raising kids? Yeah. What are, what are you coming across that you're like, oh man, if I just whatever? I mean, what's the? You have like I mean, a- right now, so my boys are six and four, and um, the, I'm having an intense, like, an intense difficulty with with the listening 
And it's so bad, you guys. No joke. I like started taking vocal therapy because I started losing my voice a lot. And my vocal therapist was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're a singer, but that's not what's going on. That's not (laughs) why you're losing your voice. She's like, you have two boys? Yeah, you're a yeller, aren't you? I was like, oh, maybe. (laughs) And so... She, so I'm actually literally having to like learn how to talk and, and communicate with my voice because I keep losing my voice. But it would really help if they would listen. That's so hard. So hard. Does anybody have any good advice for me? <laughs> no, he agrees. Yelling. Uh, well, I, you know, oh my god, it, I don't want to yell. I literally can't. I literally, oh, well, I bad. think you got to pick and choose the times that you raise your voice. Uh, my wife is very kind of even keeled well-mannered doesn't really get that upset every once in a while she'll she'll have a a a hint of insanity but uh for the most part i (laughs) i tend to be the disciplinarian i tend to maybe raise my voice every now and then but with two boys and again we've talked about boys and girls on this show before and i've noticed with my son it's like you know my daughter is a little bit more obedient uh, a little bit more focused. And my son, it's like corralling a monkey. You know, this this guy's all over the room. Totally. <laughs> so. Like you can get in their eyeballs and be like, hi. And, then, and they're still gone. They are still in outer space. But that's not just a four <laughs> and a six year old. That's pretty much any age. So. I guess. Well, here we go. We go with education. Let's say yeah. Montessori school. Mm-hmm. Right. I went to go see a Montessori school in session. It was like robots mm. i couldn't believe what i was watching kid took their shoes off put it in the cubby went played everybody was quiet what? i go this is beautiful right that's i told amazing. my wife why don't we that's, why don't we send why them you here? set up your house like a montessori school with the stations <laughs> have, you, have you visited a, a montessori school have, do you know what i'm talking about i haven't no but i think i need to <laughs> that sounds amazing they train the kids like uh like carnival animals i mean it's just like to, to get an elephant up on, on a stool that's you know it's it's amazing to watch what? that's all i'm saying it's 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 really if go look videos on montessori kids it's a different yeah. beha- well behavior do you see that in the office that you see a kid come in sit down yes. on the thing and go this must be montessori uh, yeah i think there's just some some kids and some families that are very regimented and the kids are just that way from the beginning. Here's the um, good news, but because I think we all have as parents the exact same stories and our parents would say the same thing as me as a child and you as a child. And somehow we all end up as good members of society or questionable good members of the society. Yeah. I remember when I was, when I was in uh, elementary school or, you know, and my parents at the parent teacher conference, and they used to give O's, S's, and N's, not A's, B's, O's, outstanding, S's, satisfactory, oh, yeah. and N was like, N was, you're just Nothing. horrible. Yeah. So I get all O's and I would get an N in listening. And then my parents met with the teacher and they said, well, he's always talking, he's walking around, he's disrupting the whole class, he's in. And and my dad was like, what's the problem? Because in his head, he's the exact same way. He's ADD, he's all over the place. And my mom was like, we'll <laughs> fix it immediately. And they came home and told right. me. And the next day I went to school and I said to the teacher, why did I get an N in listening? And she goes, because you're always talking. And I said, well, just because I'm talking doesn't mean I can't hear you. And I got in the most trouble I ever got in my life from the teacher and the parents. And oh. that was the end of that. You know? And, and look at like, now, doctor. Right. And then somehow, you, and now, you know, you end up as a doctor. 
Um, so amazing. Are you? Um, I mean, as a comedian, I'm I'm getting my material from life. I'm I'm not really sitting down in a room coming up with with jokes. I'm just extracting it from life. As a musician, are you? Right. Are you the type that just um, whatever has a a, a breakup or a, your your kids are being born? You do you write about life experiences or how do you? What's the process? Absolutely. I mean, as a songwriter, like my antennas are always up, and um, and so I'll draw like my best songs are like things that I've really felt and I can get really honest about. But, you know, ideas can come from anything. And so, you know, eavesdrop from eavesdropping in a restaurant to just hearing a friend tell their story to books and movies, you know, anything can be just song material. Right. And so, um, yeah, it's just it's always constantly like searching for that next title. I've got like a list in my phone of like titles or ideas, lyrics. I just kind of like keep running, but I can't turn it off. <laughs> do you do you know we you're have probably to... the same way like always like what What's oh next? yeah i'm looking around <laughs> right now picking up material yeah. because we asked this of like a comedian <laughs> and her jokes like do you know when you write something or su sing something for the first time that it's gold like that's going to be the one uh i feel like it's happened sometimes sometimes in life but i write so many songs yeah. And so it's it's just like, but every once in a while, it'll be that magical day where I'm like, wow, I, I know that I was really honest and I showed up today and like this feels special. I feel like some people are like, whoa, I think I wrote a hit, but I don't know. I can't, you can never really guess. I don't know what's really going to hit other people. I just know if it means a lot to me. It's a thumbs up. <laughs> well, the, the songs so. that mean a lot to you. Do you have a song in your catalog when when you sing it, it's emotional where it brings you to tears? Yeah. Do, do you have a song like that? Um, have you cried singing before? He, absolutely. He's trying to get somebody to cry on the show. <laughs> no, he's just trying to. <laughs> this one. Yeah, you are Barbara Walters. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> he said today i'm gonna make somebody cry no no no, no. oprah on the That's next so oprah great. the reason i asked <laughs> on the next because okay from from a performer standpoint when i tell a joke you gotta tell it like you're telling it for the first time each yeah. night right so when you sing a song you gotta make it sound yes. like the first time you're singing it my yes. question is if there's a song that makes you cry do you cry every time you sing it? And if you don't, are you wondering why you're not crying singing the song you normally cry at? I mean, you I, don't get these oh, questions. Yeah. Have you ever had these guys? You're going to write a diorama for that question. question. Wow, I'm trying to wrap my head around that. Okay, so, okay. To respond to the thing where you just try and say it fresh every time, right? Like it's the first time you're saying that joke. Like that's that's when I feel like I'm doing my job is when I'm performing these songs and I'm locked into the lyric and I'm locked like I'm like really delivering. Like here it is, people. Um, there are some there are some songs that make me cry, but it's like they don't all. I, they don't always make me cry. I don't sit here going, well, that made me cry last week. Like, why am I not crying? It's like, I'm not always in a 
I think it just will, the crying will randomly hit me. And it's not, it's sometimes it's because I'm locked into the lyric and the story and the truth of it. And I'm delivering that. And that's like, wow, that really happened. That's crazy. And I just, you're locked into that emotion. And sometimes it's something different where it's like, I look in the audience and you see the connection it's making with someone else. And that, that will trigger the crying, but no, I'm not sitting there assessing like, why am I not crying? <laughs> okay. Wow, I didn't really. Fair enough. The water works there. Fair yeah. enough. Honest answer. I would be pining over why the hell I wasn't crying. Why during... did I not cry today? I really should have turned on. The... He's an emotional, <laughs> emotional person. Water works. That's right. Now, speaking of people in the audience, do you ever look at someone in the audience and they're like not interested, and you go, "Yes." Or do you hone in on that, or do you move away from that? It depends what kind of mood I'm in. If I'm extra sassy that day, like I was opening uh, last let's last month for George Strait, and which is like it's a pretty tough crowd, right? Because they're coming to see the king of country music, and I'm just the opener. I'm in the way, but you know you're trying to you're trying to win them over. And I saw one guy, and he leaned to his wife, and he just kind of went. He shrugged his shoulders and I saw him go like this and it could not have been about me. It could have been about something else, but I took it as, Oh yeah, you think this is, and I like zoomed in on that guy. And I was like, extra shimmies for this guy. Extra wings for this guy. Like, I, That's <laughs> check this one out, making sure those vocal moments are happening right in front of that dude. You know, so sometimes it'll be a game, but most of the time I'm like, you know, whatever, dude. Ne on to the next person. <laughs> Plus, you have your husband behind you. You can be like, take out row 3B, <laughs> that guy. Yeah, I'm like that guy. You know, it's all good, though. <laughs> Not everybody's going to love you, and that's just fine. <laughs> I know. It's just hard to get over that sometimes. You want everybody to just love you. I know. I I, I don't. Know. <laughs> Um, just want to mention, <laughs> want to mention that you do have a new album coming out, uh, entitled high and low, and it's coming out April 14th. We're all, uh, we're all dying to hear the new album. Are you standing up taking this call or are you sitting down? I am not. I'm very comfortably sitting in this, in, I'm in the studio oh, wow. right now. Oh, Look at that. Wow. You wouldn't have guessed it. So right after this, do you just go and like get in the, in the booth and go, Let's do it. Or like, let's do it one more time. One, <laughs> two, three. Um, yeah, actually, I'm gonna do that, and then I'm gonna go pick up a pizza and go home to my boys and my husband. So, give me a good night. And I heard you're gonna sing us out. <laughs> Is that? Am I? <laughs> <laughs> we won't put you on the spot. We we do appreciate oh. you taking a slice of your life out to. Uh, to talk with us today and uh we wish you the best in this coming new year and we hope those boys start listening to you because oh my gosh i know Thanks. it's tough because my voice man yeah tell them you <laughs> what you should do is just mouth things and don't say it they'll be so confused <laughs> oh that's a great yeah, idea just, and they'll be so because boys were just so distractible <laughs> that if nothing was coming out of your mouth, but you were doing it, try it tonight. And I bet you I'm they're so confused. They will stop whatever they're doing. Shoot me a line I'll and let like, me know if that works. Yeah. Because if my wife did that to me, I would be so nervous. I would probably just go in the other room and, and not say a word. So try it. Yeah, exactly. Oh, really good exactly. <laughs>
Well, thank you once again. Congratulations on everything. Thank you, guys. Bye-bye. Thank you so much. Great talking to you guys. Take care. Bye. So we have a new new segment here i mean it's just it's just an uh, over overflowing of excitement here oh. it's it's a food item it's a snack mm. and i don't know what it is again it's always <laughs> a surprise it's in the table right here i'm gonna i'm gonna go and, and get it. i like not knowing there we go Ooh, I gerber am, yeah i i yeah i know these uh snacks for baby grain and grow yeah okay um have you had these before not these in particular i've had something i think it was like a puff no, or those a, are puffs yeah but like it was called puffs puffs <laughs> right the, the the company was puffs yeah. it wasn't gerber um by the way uh, is this still the same baby from i think 50 they, years ago i actually thought i saw a news story we got we double check it that they had like another casting oh they did for the gerber but maybe okay. not i don't know okay here's my issue with snacks in general i don't know if you're this way if if snacks get put in front of me you've you've commented this with me at your house i just will eat them all mm-hmm. and when we had these when the kids you know you keep them in your car because they're always hungry mm-hmm. but then when i was hungry it was like hand over fist like flavored air yeah that's what i did uh you ate all the baby's food i ate all the baby's food now on sight unseen right oh wait smell that that smells like strawberries. Oh, it does. Okay. That's like this that's strong strawberry smell. To me, yeah. This smells like cancer in a bottle. <laughs> I don't know much on the nutrition on these. I don't know. Um right. like I haven't read the, I haven't read the label. I get two? Well, yeah, I think two is a good you're not, gonna, you're not gonna get any uh Benfilky, what happens? You put this in your mouth, you chew it once, and it disintegrates. Gone. Vanishes. Doesn't really taste like much. No, it has a hint of strawberry yeah. taste. Now, um, like kicks. Yeah. Sugar, one gram of sugar. Mm-hmm. Nothing really to this. Yeah. Just, um, would you recommend? Well, here, the amount of stuff that's in this, though, yeah. this is where we go. If you start reading the it. ingredients, we got rice flour, whole wheat flour. Wheat, snack, cake, sugar, whole grain, gat flour. Like now, there, there's just five different flours right. in this. Right, right. But now, I, I think what these are good for, right, on on the go, something to satisfy, and and you do with them like we're doing with them. There's something to do, and I'm yeah. not complaining. I'm not yelling at my parents, crying. I'm in the back seat quiet. So when I was a kid, we used to drive from Illinois to Massachusetts. I was living in Illinois mm-hmm. at the time. All my baby pictures, I'm wearing like flannels on a tractor. It's interesting. Anyways, they said what kept me quiet in the back seat is if my tray had Cheerios on it. As long as they refill Cheerios, I never said a word. I ate Cheerios for 12 hours. I feel like this is like the Cheerio. Here's my problem when it comes to... And I don't know if everybody in the medical field is this way, but I. I'm hungry. You're coming from the perspective of put this in front of the kid and let him eat. Now, do you even look at at what this stuff, what's in here and what's going into your kid's stomach yeah you didn't name anything horrible and sugar was a lower ingredient so it doesn't have a high sugar Yeah, but but, but i I don't understand why all this stuff is needed to make um 
one little puff. You know what <laughs> right. I'm saying? Why is there 19 ingredients right, in to here? make a manufacturer? Well. I but mean, to me, it's. Uh, I guarantee it's if death we, in a jar. I guarantee if we cut to an hour from now, that thing's empty. Listen, I'm not saying I'm not going to down it, or my kid's not going <laughs> to exactly, exactly. down it. I'm just saying some of these, yeah. some of these, I don't know exactly. It's a good food early on, especially when they start finger foods around like eight months of age. They dissolve in your mouth. You got to make sure still that the kids, it's age appropriate, but. Um, the little puffs. Okay, it's a very common. It's eight plus months. This is when they started. Look at that! I didn't eight, even read the label. Eight plus I just months. Came well, up with that that, that's why it's like I went to medical school or something. It's, yeah, the education is prevalent. Unbelievable. On that side of the table. Um, Think Gerber, great brand. Not death in a jar. What's the grade here? Um, Do we have lollipops. We're doing lollipop grades. Okay. What's our high five lollipops? Five, five lollipops. I'll give it like. A 3.5 lollipops because it's useful, but it's not like a lobster dinner. I agree. Three and a half stars. Stars. Not, lollipops. Sorry. Get the grade. Three, three and a half lollipops. Not something to be feeding your kid as a supplement to a meal, but a good distraction on the way to the grocery store when the kid's in the back. And he's listening, not listening and screaming. You put something like this in front of a kid and they're in a full-blown cry, they'll... All oh, of a sudden, immediately. Immediately done. Immediately. But they grow out of this. Look, you got me to shut up. Yep. So, there you have it. All right. Thank you for snack, snacks, the uh, snacky snacks. I'm telling you, man, every show for me gets better. I'm just having a blast, especially talking to Caitlin today. Uh, if you're not a fan of hers after today's show and what we saw, yeah. I don't know how you cannot be what's sweet woman my favorite part of the show is delineating white discharge from your penis that comes from the side and the hole because that was a, a big education for you it was a big education for me but again i'm uh, comment below if you think smegma would would come out of the hole of the penis yeah. or the sides hmm. uh please let us know because that's a big debate not gonna be able to get to sleep tonight without hearing from you and your comments on smegma and i gotta tell you i'm kind of craving a puff snacks hey, hey, there, there, yeah i feel like i it. want more that's it you get yourself more. some gerber uh, put in your puffs. comment sections your favorite snack for your child yeah. thank you thanks again for listening and we will see you next week when we talk about more discharge from the penis Probably not. Thanks. The opinions expressed in this program are not intended as professional medical advice, as a diagnosis, as a treatment protocol, or as a substitute for professional medical advice from your physician. Please consider your own medical history and consult with your own physician for your specific health care and or medical needs and about your concerns for yourself and your family.